Welcome to Compassionate Cultures, the podcast. You're about to go on a journey of empathy, understanding and transformation. Get ready to dive into the heart of humanity's most pressing questions with me, Rebecca Hemmings, the CEO of Strawberry Words Training Consultancy and guests. It's time to turn up the volume on kindness and to amplify the voices of minorities that often go unheard. This podcast asks questions like, how can we create workplaces where ethnic minorities thrive without the chains of career stagnation? What if universities were safe havens for all, free from the storm of microaggressions? And how can we bridge the gaps between cultures that have been divided by the walls of bias and ignorance? This is not just a podcast. This is a revolution of empathy. Welcome to Compassionate Cultures, the podcast. Get ready to explore, learn and change the world one compassionate conversation at a time. Welcome back, everyone, to Compassionate Cultures, the podcast. I'm Rebecca Hemmings and we are in 2024. Um, Gosh, I feel like I feel like this is the first time that we've had any sort of break since May 2020, which, of course, was the uh, unfortunate month in which George Floyd was murdered and consequently um, began a journey, a snowball effect, really, of companies realising that there was a need to focus on anti-racism. And so we've... I've just been taking a stock and I've been taking a stock... Of, of the years, but for this episode, I'm only going to go over um, the last year, really, and how I think things are changing, because I do think we're at a point where things are changing. So I'll talk through that. Also, um, the format of the podcast is going to change. So I'll start off by talking about what's going to happen there. It's quite exciting, quite daunting. Um, but as the success of this podcast grows, uh, we're going to move with the times, right? So um, I'll talk about that. And... Um, and then there's a little something, something for you towards the end, which you're going to want to stick around for because, um, yeah, it, it's something that is no longer like I, I'm going to say publicly available. But if you listen to this episode, you can get it. So, um, right, let's just start off with podcast news. So, yeah, the podcast grew threefold last year. Uh, we now have the, our biggest listenership is in the States. So thank you for listening if you're from the States. Um, and, you know, we have people from all over the world listening. So I just would like to say thank you. Um, thank you to our loyal listeners who listen to every single episode. So, um, you know, I've had a chance to sit down and think about, you know, what how people are getting value from this and how the, that value can be increased. And, you know, we're in the business of education, right? We want people to learn ultimately from these episodes and from whatever it is we're doing, right? Whether it's training, a talk or whatever. And so um, I'm going to make these, there's going to be different uh, types of episodes. So there'll be episodes which are um, quizzes, for instance, or have or have an interactive nature, okay? Because we want, we want to hear about more from you guys. Um, and also we want to test your knowledge, right? We'll also have um, dramatic scenarios or role play scenarios because our background, uh, my background is in theatre. So, you know, um, sometimes we can get lost in the academia of you all and the, the knowledge sharing of you all. We're like, no, let's go back to our creative roots. And I think particularly when we're talking about things like microaggressions, it's best to 
and show you what we're talking about, give you examples. So I'll quite happily do that um, because, you know, one of the conversations I've had with our trainers is about, you know, knowing that we come from a background that utilizes creativity, theatre primarily, um, to motivate and inspire and to educate, we would ask the question, like, is there any way you can make sessions around anti-racism fun? And the answer I kept coming to was no, no, like there's nothing fun about racism. But since then, I think that question stayed on my mind and I've found ways in which you can not, obviously there's, there really is nothing fun about racism at all. But I think there are ways in which you can engage in the conversation um, that are more light-hearted, should I say. Doesn't mean that the topic is any less serious. It just means that you can engage on a level that means that there is some sort of um, lightness about it. I'll put that, put it that way. Trust me, trust me, you're in safe hands. I, I know how to do this, so we're doing that. Of course, we'll still have the interviews and, and also the episodes will be more frequent. Ah, I say that. They're going to be shorter and more frequent. So the idea is that, um, yeah, they'll, for the most part, the most episodes will be around 10 minutes. And apart from the interviews, obviously we want to get more in depth with the interviews. And they're going to be twice a week. But don't hold me to that. I'm just being real here because we're always, you know, um, trying to encourage people to look after themselves, right? So I'm be, I'll be looking after myself. And when work gets busy, as it often does, sometimes that won't be possible, okay? So look out for it twice a week, but it might not come out twice a week. And I'm okay with that. And I know that you'll be okay with that because you understand that I'm a human being and I can only do work and do, right? Okay, good. So let's get into, I've only got three lessons, three major lessons that I've learnt from 2023 in doing this anti-racism work. Um, well, the biggest one, and I think a lot of people who are working in the DEI space, DEI space will, will um, confirm this, is that the, the conversation around anti-racism has died down a lot. Not for everybody, not for all organisations, but whereas in 2020, 2021, even 2022, there was this real need and drive. Let's, let's talk about race. Let's understand this. Yes, please come in. Talk about microaggressions. Talk about white privilege. Talk about all this stuff. Talk about unconscious bias. We want to have the conversation. You know, they, they need to hear it. Like a lot of that has died down. Many organisations have done, you know, the initial part of the work, which is educating some staff members, some leaders around anti-racism. But then there's been silence, silence. And to that, I say, it's a real shame because racism doesn't stop for ethnic minorities just because an organisation has calmed down or quietened down the conversation or even stopped having the conversation, it still continues. This will be the reason why people will uh, still leave the organisation for another one. This is the reason why ethnic minorities may not engage so much in social um, social gatherings that are to do with the workplace. This is the reason why they may not give you all of them. They may be holding back. You might be thinking, well, you know, they're really quiet because it's happening. And unfortunately, we're still in a position where a lot of people, white people, uh, don't see this, don't see the racism, the everyday racism that ethnic minorities face. And so therefore, there's often uh, a denial that this happens in their organisation. No, no, everybody's happy, trust me. 
<laughs> Everybody's not happy. Okay. Even if they say they are, because all ethnic minorities face microaggressions. Now they deal with it in different ways. Some, some may choose to not see it or to kind of take it on the chin and just see that comment as a joke. Um, or, or others might be seriously brewing underneath. Okay, so unless organizations are having these conversations, it's still going to happen. The problem hasn't gone away. It's just been swept, on, swept under the carpet again until something big happens again. And then there's a drive once again to have the conversation about race. So do you see why this has to be a continuous conversation? This has to be a continuous education. You cannot start and just stop just like that because it doesn't stop for ethnic minorities, okay? And the allies that have, have now learned uh, what systemic racism is, and they see the microaggressions, they see that person not being allowed to talk during the meeting or trying to, you know, so they're being quietened down or, you know, problems are, are being kind of shoved out of the way and, and so on. They see all of this, they see it, but they know that the drive is to just shut the conversation down because that's too difficult to deal with, okay? They too, white allies will too get frustrated okay all right that's that's number one number two um it's, it's been the case but um it seems there's more of a conversation around this but black women in the workplace you know um are continuing to fall between the gaps because um there is a lack of focus on the intersectional nature of black women now um, you know, being black, you face discrimination because you're, you're black and being a woman, you face discrimination because you're a woman. Never mind if you have other marginalized identities, such as being disabled and being black and being a woman or being Muslim and being black and being a woman and so on. So, you know, if you can imagine, it's hard, you know, if you're a white woman, you'll understand what it feels like to experience discrimination because you're a woman. That's frustrating, frustrating, right? If you're, you're black, you'll understand what it's like to feel racism because you're black or any other ethnic minority because you're, you're an ethnic minority, you know? So to have the two compounded, can you imagine what that feels like? Now, um, I can talk about this because obviously I'm a black woman, but I can talk about it and not feel the weight of it so much because I work for myself. But if I worked for an organization and constantly faced the comments that were made because of my particular intersection, I would be very tired, very, very tired. And that's what's happening. And there was a recent survey or study done by Harvard University, um, which basically showed that black women are less likely to be promoted. And the reasons behind some of that is because they leave. They leave before they, they do get promoted. And also there are just some unanswered questions as to why um, they, they don't get promoted. But, but a lot of this is attached or associated with systemic racism, which is anti-black, anti-female anti and, anti, and, and racist, should I say. Um, and we found in our work for in, in some companies that often what we'll hear from is that a lot there, there are issues, particularly with black women. So what I would urge companies to do is when you're doing your listening activities, make sure you have questions which, which kind of border on looking at the different intersections and particularly uh, for black women. Look at the patterns. Are black women leaving more than other uh, groups of people? 
because you might find there's an issue there. Whereas you may not have looked before, when you start to look, when you start to get gather that data, which is always something that we say, gather that data, do the listening exercises, you know, um, get the information during the exit interviews, ask people why, ask people to be honest, you might find that there's an issue with black women. women. Okay, and number three, I just think there's a, there's a, um, a, and this is my thoughts, these are my thoughts, this is not something that I've read about in, in terms of read any studies on this, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they exist, and when I find them, I'll share them, um, but there's a major, I think there's a growing lack of empathy in society, I think world events show you that, uh, and that's all I'll say there, um, a major lack of empathy, and what I know to be true about empathy is that generally, on the whole, um, most people are born with empathy. Most people are born caring, but we're conditioned to not care. We're conditioned uh, to see some groups of people um, as less human than others. And so therefore they are dehumanized, which makes it easier for people to, um, to delegitimize de de their, their points of view, their, their positions in society. Um, the things that are happening to them, disregard their challenges and so on, then that's a problem. That's a real problem. And so that's why for us at Strawberry Words, what we're really driving home now, just, you know, as you know, the name of this podcast is Compassionate Cultures. We're really driving home on building empathy within organisations. You know, so we've, we've created a whole new framework around this, taking what we've learned from the anti-racism work and we're really pushing, you know, what do you do? How do you develop empathy? How do you take care of the most vulnerable vulnerable people within your organisation? Um, how do you manage difficult conversations in, a, in ways that are empathetic um, and don't disregard people. So that's, you know, that's stuff you'll hear about more as, as we, um, we do this. And I'm realising 10 minutes might be difficult for me to do because <laughs> I'm already at 12 and something. But anyway, um, so the last thing, the last thing I'm going to say is that um, we now, some of you may have received, um, if you were lucky, you attended the first or the only uh, webinar which which was called um, Seven Steps to Becoming an Anti-Racist Organisation. It was a 40-minute um, webinar which laid out the steps uh, that organisations need to take. So the things that I covered during that uh, webinar was how to attract uh, racially diverse talent, for instance. Um, it was talking about how you can build trust with ethnic minorities because there's a major trust deficit and the type of data to collect and, you know, and how you set targets and all that sort of stuff. It was a really valuable webinar. So that was available. We didn't really publicise that, if I'm being really honest, but it was available all of last year for anyone who signed up. Um, but it's not going to be available um as it was in that way. However, if you still would like that access to it free of charge, not charging, um, just email us, email us at admin at strawberrywords.co.uk and ask for, just say seven steps, put seven steps in the title. Um, can I have a copy of this webinar and we'll send it to you. Um, what will happen, I'll be totally upfront with you. We're always trying to build our mailing list is we'll add you to our mailing list. But if you're not feeling it, you can unsubscribe, okay? But that is a really valuable place to start. If you're in an organisation that hasn't really started to do, to do the work yet, for whatever reason, no judgement, but you're starting now, right? 
Great, well done. Um, yeah, you really want to get a copy of that. So that's seven steps to becoming an anti-racist organisation, the webinar. If you want it, email us at admin at strawberrywords.co.uk. So that's it. That's all I've got time for. I look forward to seeing you or having you listen. Um, tell us on, whether you're listening on Spotify. Um, tell us what you think about the episode. Tell us your thoughts. Uh, about anything that was mentioned in the episode um give us some stars and big us up and all that sort of stuff because it all helps to get the word out there and also if this or any of the episodes are useful please share them that's so crucial to the growth of the podcast you know just on a selfish level but it's also crucial more importantly um to sharing the education all right so thank you so much and i'll see you uh soon